Welcome to Crushing Kayfabe. My name is Jason Garish. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, let's see. We've got a lot to talk about, but uh, unfortunately a little bit of limited time. But, um, you know, uh, another NFL week, um, second week of the season. Kind of the um, same results for the Raiders. Not real happy about that. Basically everything that I predicted would go wrong is going wrong at this point. And I'm afraid that if McDaniels doesn't start steering the ship in another direction, uh, he's going to start losing the players exactly the way he did with, uh, with Denver. There's no reason why they should have lost to uh, Arizona. Absolutely no reason. Just poor, poor coaching. I mean, the penalties are down. There's obviously more discipline. That's great. But decision-making has to be addressed. And... um I mean, Josh Jacob had 29 uh, handoffs, 29 carries, I should say, but uh, but the rest of the running, uh, rushing, uh, running backs, you know, the rushing uh, crew there only got like one handoff. That was Amir White, and uh, one of the rushes was from Carr, I think. So there were a total of like 31, I would say, like 30 running plays and uh, one rush by Derek Carr. So that's got to change because there's absolutely no reason why that that um, that loss should have occurred. That's the biggest um, a deficit that was overcome by any opponent of the Raiders in the history of the franchise, 20 points. So not good. Not good. I'm not happy at all about that. And, there, and with the running game that the Raiders have, there's absolutely no reason why that should have occurred. So, yeah, start looking at the uh, the coaching staff for that one because that was absolutely ridiculous. This week, Derek Carr did not turn the ball over. I don't know if we had any turnovers. It just uh, No, I shouldn't say that. What am I saying? That's horrible, actually. The only one turnover that I'm aware of right now, I haven't gone through all the stats, is Hunter Renfro coughing up the ball in overtime, which is a, an oddity for him. He's usually so sure-handed. I mean, he took a massive hit, so it's not really, uh, I mean, it is his fault, but it's not. I mean, he took a wallop at the at that play, and uh, I don't know too many people wouldn't have fumbled on that one, but. But still, I mean, I shouldn't say, wow, yeah, that was a big turnover, obviously, in overtime. And then, uh, but this, this should have never occurred, you know. Um, got a guy in Kyle, Kyler Murray who doesn't even, uh, doesn't even want to study film, which is insane. I mean, this guy, one of the most amazing athletes I've seen that's playing the game right now, but his athleticism is only going to get him so far. You know, once he goes up against the team that's, got their stuff together he's gonna they're going to uh they're going to nullify him you know i mean like i said i mean this kid is relying so much on his athleticism i mean all those plays were broken plays every single one of them that he got something on and i get it you know crosby got to him once i think and and i don't think there was another sack for that rest of that game but but still you know uh, uh, if your guys are getting open, first of all, that's the other thing that bothers the heck out of me. I saw, I know that 
offensive holding is on every play. I get that. But the, in order for him to run around and have that much time, somebody's getting held. You know, you got to look at the offensive line at that point, and somebody is getting held because there's no way possible, I don't care how athletic you are, that you can run around the backfield for that long without getting hit, you know. So, so yeah, a very disappointing loss, 0-2, not happy at all about that. And like I said, the majority of things that I predicted that would go wrong are going wrong right now, which is I'm not happy about. I wanted to be wrong about the season so badly, and I hope that they turn this thing around. You know, once again, looking at the um, defensive scheme, not happy with it. Don't like some of the play calling there. I think it's way too conservative. Don't like it. And um, it's showing because to come back from a 20 nothing deficit, obviously the at some point the uh, the defense lets you down. You know, not, an offense let, let us down too a little bit because they had to maintain possession of the ball and didn't, obviously. You know, and that's uh, that falls on the, the running game shoulders. And... Uh, they should have had more snaps for the uh, for the running backs, and I don't understand why they didn't. And uh, very disheartening loss, very demoralizing, because these last two games should have been, I don't want to say easy, but they should have been wins for the uh, the Raiders. And the Chargers got shown up, you know, for what they really are when they uh, went against Kansas City. So I... I am very unhappy with that entire situation, but uh, what else we got going on? Titans are playing tonight. Um, the Giants, for some reason, are winning games, which is beyond me. I mean, kudos. I mean, uh, my whole family pretty much is Giants fans, so God bless them. They're actually getting to enjoy watching Giants again, which I uh, haven't been able to do in a long time. And, uh, you know, kudos out to them. God bless them, you know. I was hoping the Bears were going to be better, but they got shown up, unfortunately, this week. Ah, man, that's too bad. That's really too bad. I was hoping they were going to turn things around a little bit, too. But kind of a topsy-turvy season. A lot of stuff you kind of predict. You knew the Bucks were going to be good. You you knew Green Bay was going to be good. You knew the Rams were going to be good. So, So some of the stuff is not totally... You know, unpredictable, but there's some stuff that's uh, going on. Some teams are they're shocking a few people. So, uh, if, yeah. So, uh, so some things are happening. Uh, hey, let's talk about wrestling now. Um, before I go on another diatribe about the Raiders, sorry. <laughs> um, they shouldn't have lost those two games. Ridiculous. And their tougher opponents are going to be coming up. You know, what are they going to do against the? against the Chiefs and uh, and some of the tougher opponents they're going to be facing. Not happy, not happy. Um, wrestling, we had a uh, raw, we had a uh, a pretty good vignette with Dominic. I kind of, I like the way they're going with this. I like the direction. I like how they're using Rhea Ripley to kind of manipulate him in almost a dominant role. I, I like what they're doing. Um, kind of doing the scumbag... Uh, Dominic routine, which uh, which works. I like it. It's the way they had to go because as a babyface, he was horrible. He was not getting over. So he, 
this is the way that they had to go with this. And uh, it prolongs the feud between um, Rey Mysterio, Edge, and uh, and the rest of uh, Judgment Day. So, so I like the direction they're going with that. I like creative on that. And uh, they could pro- prolong that a little bit better. I heard some other podcasters. I know like Wrestling Soup guys were talking about uh, the return of... Um, you know Braun Strowman and how he could have possibly contributed to this uh, to this faction, and I think if they didn't debut him the way they did, I would have to agree. I think he probably would have been great as a heater in this particular faction, but uh, but unfortunately now he's such a huge over babyface. I don't think they could do it because they really need to to kick Finn Balor out of this thing. He is absolutely driving this faction down. And weighing them down. He is their albatross. You know, Rhea Ripley has been great. Um, you know, Damian Priest has been awesome in his role. I, I was hoping that he'd be the leader of this because he, he can talk. He's awesome. He can talk. He can wrestle. He's, he's great. And he would be phenomenal in that role as a leader. You know, they're banking on Finn Balor's success in the Bullet Club to kind of propel this into the next level and... and He's doing nothing but bringing these guys down. They need to, uh, they need to jettison him in a hurry, really quickly, and uh, and do something else. Like I said, I've heard other um, other people talk about Braun Strowman in that role, and uh, I think if they hadn't debuted him the way they they did, I think he would have been absolutely perfect for that role. Unfortunately, um, Fortunately, he's so over right now as a babyface. They'd have to do something heinous with him in order to get him into the Judgment Day, which they could. You know, they could um, turn him into to scumbag uh, Braun. And once they finish this feud with uh, with Mysterio and Edge, possibly even, you know, there's always the possibility to turn them babyface because if they mix him with Braun, just make him a monster, monster heal like he can be and just unleash him man that that they might not have any other option but to turn these guys baby face at that point because i think he'd get way over with the crowd because they've been wanting to see him you know just unleash for a long time i i mean i i see this value now i when they initially re-signed him i didn't see it i was like wow um because and partially because he's such a liability on social media, he he can he says some really dumb things on Twitter, and um, that in a corporate, publicly owned company is not good. So, so I kind of thought of him as a liability. Obviously, with the pop he's getting, I was wrong. You know, because people are liking him, but for how long is this going to get old soon? I mean, uh, down the road, is he going to lose that momentum and just kind of, kind of sputter out and kind of, uh, kind of fade into the background again? I don't know. You know, as long as they don't do something stupid again, like pairing him off with a kid for a tag team, then he should be, he should be good. You know, um, you know, uh, SmackDown, uh, let's see. Actually, before I go any further, did anybody else experience technical difficulties while trying to watch Raw? Because uh, it cut out a couple of times on me and had some stack and whatnot. So I didn't know if that was uh, was something from their feed or from Sling's feed. Because I do watch it on Sling. So I didn't know what was going on there. I, it, 
very brief, but I'm just curious whether or not anyone else out there experienced that. Now on on to SmackDown, you know you still got um they're they're adding fuel to this uh Logan Paul and um and Roman Reigns feud escalating. Interesting. Uh I've got mixed feelings about that. I mean, I I want to see it, but at the same time, uh, Logan Paul is so green. Is he ready to be in the ring with Roman Reigns? Because the both of them, I Roman Reigns has improved quite a bit, but he has his best matches when he's paired off with people like AJ Styles, you know, um, Kevin Owens, the people that can bring out the best in him and. Um, I'm not sure Logan Paul is ready to do that. I mean, he's incredibly athletic. He's incredibly gifted, but he's still extremely green. You know, he's he's the type of person that could have benefited from some time in NXT. And I realize, of course, he's been training whatnot. Obviously, he's been training. He looks amazing out there, but at the same time, he, he needs to work on his promos, which is kind of weird because he was a media guy going into this, but needs to work on his promos and he needs to work on his in-ring and uh pairing him off with uh someone like a roman reigns kind of scares me a little bit because he's not ready for that kind of challenge on the big stage so i hope i'm wrong i because i am looking forward to seeing this i saw the press conference with the pull apart and Heyman getting involved and uh and all that and it, it looked interesting it was uh it was pretty good so I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, this might be a little bit too early to uh, to bring, put him into that type of main event situation, you know. And uh, we had a uh, solo uh, solo uh, Sequoia with his first uh, match on uh, on SmackDown against Madcap Moss. Not too bad, pretty serviceable, you know. Both guys, I like the facial reactions and everything from uh, Solo. You know, he looks like he belongs there. Still a little green in the ring, you know, still had a little bit of uh, miscues between them, a little couple of little uh, timing issues between the two of them, but not bad. It's probably the best thing I've seen Madcap Moss do in a while, so so not too bad, you know. Um, he'll he'll definitely fit into that bloodline, and he's going to be a good addition. It's it's going to be good, but, uh, but yeah, it kind of got, uh, got me interested in that, and they had to... Uh, they had to do something with him. They should probably put him in a bunch of dark matches with, before they go that route, though. But, yeah, they need to bring him up and uh, do some good things and show a little bit more of the interaction, too, between uh, Karrion Cross and uh, Drew McIntyre, which uh, I'm definitely excited for that. I'm hoping that Karrion Cross comes out of there looking like a million bucks because the way that they did him earlier with the... His original gimmick on, on the main roster was horrible. You know, the whole Gladiator thing. And uh, kind of, this seems like kind of an apology, just throwing him right in the right in main event status and upper echelon right away. And I hope he's ready for it because I don't want to see him screw him again. I mean, he, everything outside of outside of uh, the main roster, WWE, as far as his work in Impact, the Indies, and, uh, and NXT was, was great. So if they can utilize that again, I'm not sure I'm totally sold on him having hair yet. I, as I was so used to seeing him just look like this monster with a bald head coming out there with a scarlet 
Bordeaux and uh, and really just being this scary looking individual. Now with the hair, he kind of looks like a male model going out there. You know, he's a good looking dude. But uh, so I'm not sure. I'm totally convinced on the the look yet. I think they need to do something a little bit different. You know, he's kind of coming out there with a bomber jacket, whatever. You know, whereas before he'd come out there and he looked like a killer. He really did. He just looked like a scary individual, especially with Scarlet in the background doing her thing. But I'm happy to see that. You know, that was a situation that Triple H obviously rectified and uh, and made good on. And I'm happy to see that. I'm, uh, I mean, he hasn't had too many miscues. The uh, had a couple, you know, with the with the. Uh, Wow, I can't even think of the the rap group he bought, brought back there. That's how little I think of them. But uh, but that they're horrible. And um, like I said, one or two miscues, but that's gonna happen. He's not perfect. He's human. But but the show is getting a whole lot better since he's taken over as creative. Um, it's unfortunate that I had to go this way, but but it is getting a lot better. And I noticed that um. In the news, they're showing. Uh, I should say, in the latest news, they're they're they have released uh, they being WWE some of their executives and uh, and upper uh, management. So you're going to see a complete restructuring of this company, I think, and and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um. Well, let's see. We got uh with uh, AEW we had Dynamite, obviously. Uh, you know, we have uh, Mo- John Moxley and uh, Brian Danielson are going to be going uh, this week for the uh, for the heavyweight championship. Should be a great match. Either one of those guys can can carry the belt really proudly. Moxley did a good job when he had it, and da- I think it's probably time for Danielson bring a marquee name in there to to hang the belt on. You know, because obviously Punk is going to be out for like. Eight months or if eight to nine months, and uh, if not more, if not out indefinitely, we don't really know his status within the company currently. We just know he's suspended, but it really doesn't matter suspension because of his injury. So he's going to be out. Was it torn tricep? If I'm not mistaken, um, he's going to be out for months if he even returns to the company. You know, so um, either way, he's going to be off television for a long time. But, yeah, I, I'd like to see him put the belt on Brian Danielson. I think he could do a great job with it as their champion and carry it proudly. I'd like to see what the heck uh, they end up doing with the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and the Elite, and um, and what happens on that front. You know, they, there needs to be some repercussions for this. Obviously, they've taken them out of the introduction of the show, but there needs to be more. And it's kind of a precarious situation because Kenny Omega was so deeply involved with the video game coming out. And all three of them were EVPs. They were executives within the company. And um, where do you go from here? You know, this is what happens when you build the foundation of your company on uh, people that aren't competent, people who aren't uh, suitable for the job. I think they're going to start having to uh, make some transitions to some other officers and you know and the scary part is punk was absolutely 100 percent truthful and right in his uh promo you know did he go about it the wrong way absolutely did he go about it in an unprofessional manner yes did um it was the media scrum a joke i mean 
Yes and no. I mean, it's brought a ton of attention to AEW. Unfortunately, it's a lot of negative attention, um, which, eh, you know, if you believe Eric Bischoff, he says controversy creates cash. So, yes and no. You know, in the long run, it makes your company look weak. It looks makes Tony Khan look weak, and um, but yeah, it creates a buzz. It creates a sensation around the company, which will attract more eyes for a very limited amount of time, until people get bored eventually. Because what really creates cash is quality product and uh, good writing, good wrestling. You know, but yeah, we'll see where all this goes because they need to address that fact. I know. Um, Aubrey was involved with the video game too, which, uh, was something that she was involved with previous to actually her job as a referee. She was, uh, she was involved in, uh, in, I believe the, um, oh, believe the whole, um, gaming industry or programming, if I'm not mistaken. So, so, um, so maybe she can take over that that role as uh as um a figurehead for the uh the whole uh video game portion of the the AEW company so uh so there we go uh sorry about that little pause there i'm getting uh some kind of static in the background but i think we're we're good now um but yeah that that's kind of the way things are and and this media scrum feels like it's been going on for days if not months it, it's ridiculous you know um getting all sorts of leaked rumors and garbage uh that we're kind of hearing from both camps you know young bucks didn't break down the door young bucks did break down the door or young bucks didn't break down the door but they didn't knock um you know um ace steel was just defending his wife who was there he didn't want her to get hurt Lots of lots of different crazy rumors flying around. We won't know what really legit happened for quite some time, I think. But I'd like to see Punk stay. I really would. I whatever means they've got to uh, got to do, and then uh, just get rid of the young bucks and even Kenny Omega. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, but most of all, get rid of the young bucks, please. Because they, they are just awful. And, I mean, they were a cancer in the, the locker room everywhere they've been. And it's just, they're not, they never should have started this company with them. They never should have. And I, I had hoped to, because for a while their Young Bucks matches were getting better. They are working in more psychology. But after a while, they just become spot fests again. And it's really hurting the industry, because... They're hitting these. They were hitting these super kicks, super kick parties, whatnot, and it just devalued the move and made it look dumb and uh, unrealistic. And it really doesn't help anybody, you know. I mean, like Punk had said in the press conference, there is an absolute wealth of wrestling knowledge in that locker room. You look at Arn Anderson, Jake Roberts, Sting. I mean, they had Tully Blanchard until he got pissed off and left. You know, they they just have an absolute wealth. I mean, Matt Hardy, for crying out loud. Um, 
wealth of wrestling knowledge in the back there. I mean, uh, you know, even Dean Malenko, jeez, you know, you, you know, Jerry Lynn, I think, is, is working in the background too. Just utilize them for crying out loud, utilize them. You know, they, they're there, make them officers. I know they made Shivani head of talent relations. That's probably a good move. I think that would be a real good move, but that's a role that, that, um, Jim Ross, filled in so brilliantly with WWE. Why not offer the position to him unless he turned it down or he just didn't want it? You know, or they felt like he just wasn't physically capable of fulfill those duties all the time, which is which is warranted. It's not unbelievable. But yeah, Shivani should fill that role very well. But I mean, when they announced um, Madison Rain as a head, co- head coach or trainer or whatever for the women's division... I hope that was kayfabe, and I hope that's not legitimate title for her because it's just ridiculous. I mean, they've got ah, they've got Serena Deeb back there. She could make an incredible trainer, head trainer, head coach. Um, you know, even before the whole Thunder Rosa thing happened, I would have thought she could have filled that role because she has her own school and she does it. And I still I'm waiting desperately for what the heck is really going on with her. Because I find it extremely hard to believe that this many people... I think it's just arguments that got out of hand and there was no leadership to quell these things. And whereas like a Tony Khan or whoever, whoever was in the executive role should have stepped in and uh, and squashed these, these, these feuds, real-life feuds, immediately. Because it just escalated and escalated and escalated. Hence the CM Punk thing, you know. I still don't understand why he has so much vitriol towards uh, towards Colt Cabana. Though I understand they've sued each other, yada yada yada. He had one guy in the crowd yelling out Colt Cabana, and that got him so upset that he devoted you know seventy percent of his his promo during the scrum to to Colt Cabana, and that just kind of um. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's something you gotta get let go. Because what do you say? His last interaction was like 2014, eight years ago. Come on, let it go, man. Let it go. You know, it's time. Just let it go. Let the two coexist happily. You got people that love Cole Cabana. You got people that love CM Punk. I like both of the guys. You know, and I, that's my right. You know, I, I don't see why we, can be mutually, you know, exclusive to each other in our interests. You know, it's just ridiculous. But, but enough about the media scrum. I could probably do three hours just devoted to that. But, um, but yeah, we had that going on. We had, uh, unfortunately, Malachi Black has been released from AEW. I just hope and pray, um, that everything's okay with him. You know, I'm sad because I'm a big Malachi Black fan. And I'm really unhappy to see him ask for his release and get released. Um, been kind of fulfilling the role as, as uh, you know, as, as getting squashed all the time out there, but has a, has a jobber, but, uh, but they could have done so much with this house black. And, uh, the fact that he's saying he has some issues outside personal issues. He has to address, which he's denied that it's, his marriage, which is good, uh, he's denied that it has anything to do with Selena Vegas. So I just hope that everything's okay in his 
in his life. Obviously it isn't, but I hope everything works out and we can see him again on television soon because there's a guy that has a ton of potential that neither company has fully utilized or realized. And, uh, and I think he could be a huge star, you know, um, that's my thoughts on that. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss the guy seeing him, uh, you know, um, I already talked about Brian Danielson versus Moxley. We're going to see that upcoming, uh, Interesting thing happened on Rampage. Uh, Jericho came out and challenged for the ROH championship. It's, I think it's like the only one uh, he hasn't had, so that should be interesting. Um, Claudio uh, actually gave a good promo on the mic with him. Uh, he could actually talk. I I like this feud. I like where this is going, and uh, I think it's going to be fun. You know, and if Jericho fo- focuses on Ring of Honor, maybe it will kind of diminish his on-screen role. Not that I want to see less of Jericho, but there's several things with Jericho that you have to take into account. One, Fozzie. He's going on tour soon with Fozzie, so he's going to be off television for a little while. Uh, two, he's got several projects outside of AEW that that he tends to. Obviously, the podcast, Fozzie, etc., etc. He makes a ton of appearances. He's got his cruise ship uh, thing going on. He's got his cruise going on. You know, so there's a lot of uh, things with that are taking up Jericho's time because there's a guy, if he could solely focus on, you know, being an officer with the company, and I've seen mixed with things that he denies being an officer in the company, but I've seen things that have uh, indicated that he is, and I don't know where the hell he really stands on that. You know, um, he's obviously a... Uh, a locker room leader and he could have easily kind of stepped into the role as enforcer and judge in a similar manner that, um, that, uh, the undertaker did in WWE. And that would have actually uh, been great. I mean, he did kind of early on. I know he had spoken to some of the tag teams and whatnot, specifically the Lucha brothers and told them to cut out with the, the not tagging in and stuff, which really made everyone look bad. It made, um, referee looked bad it made the uh the whole uh, the whole company look bad when they were just kind of flying about the ring willy-nilly with no tags for each other and pinning the uh you know the the non-legal man and all this stuff so so i mean i knew that at that point he had stepped in and spoken to some of the people in the locker room but i think there's a person there once again we talk about wealth of information wrestling knowledge i mean there's a guy boom right there you got him Team him up with Arn Anderson, you know, Dean Malenko, like I said, Jerry Lynn, uh, Jake Roberts. You put those guys in roles that they can shine, man, this company could really do exponentially much better and, um, and fully realize its potential because the locker room, the roster is incredible in AEW. It's just, they don't have a clue how to utilize some of these people in storylines and, and there's really no one head of creative. It's Tony Khan. He's the one who's uh, kind of the final say in everything. And you develop a situation kind of like what we had in WWE with Vince McMahon being the final funnel for uh, for approval. Unfortunately, we found out now that some of the ideas didn't even reach McMahon because Kevin Dunn automatically vetoed him right before they even got to McMahon. So... So, yeah, they need to, to get their ship right. Otherwise, I don't see 
this company, meaning AEW, lasting another five years. I just don't. And if they do, it's going to be along the lines of something what Impact is now, which is a shell of its former self. Because I'm seeing, right now I'm seeing way too many similarities between the two companies. And um, that needs to end, you know, in order for them to succeed. So, so I'm wishing for the things to write themselves there, but uh, hopefully that all works out. Well, uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Like, give a shout out to uh, Lucky Lady Candles. Uh, check them out on Facebook and on uh, Etsy. And um, give a shout out to us. Uh, check out uh, crushingkfape.com, crushing with a K. And uh, check us out on Facebook and all of our other media. Um, best place, one of the best places you can find us is on Patreon.com because you can subscribe to the audio for just one dollar a month and it's ad free. So for one dollar, you can help us keep the lights on, help keep us going, and uh, and help the uh, help the podcast keep going. And uh, and it's very much appreciated. That's Patreon.com, crushing kayfabe with a K. And uh, also check out um, Then and Now Flea Market in Trenton, Tennessee, downtown Trenton, uh, where you can purchase some of my CDs um, and purchase some handmade goods from my wife. That's Jenna Lynn, hooked by Jenna Lynn. So you can um, check her out on Facebook, too. But you can purchase that at at Then and Now Flea Market in Trenton, Tennessee, right downtown on Square. And uh, also you can go to uh, Peggy's Attic in Milan, Tennessee and purchase some of our stuff too. purchase some of my CDs and, uh, and some of, uh, Jenna's artwork and, uh, and, uh, handmade goods. It'd be awesome. You know, both those places have, uh, a ton of local vendors, some really good stuff. You can find pretty much anything new, old, handcrafted. It's there, you know, so check both those places out and, uh, check me out. Cause, uh, the 24th, I'm going to be playing the Humboldt, Fall Festival, Humboldt, Tennessee. I'll be on uh, Main Street. You know, come find me. I don't know where exactly which location I'm going to be at because apparently they're going to have multiple uh, performers going at once. But uh, but 11 o'clock, you know, Central Time, obviously, uh, Humboldt, Tennessee, Humboldt Fall Festival on Main Street. Come check me out. Say hi, you know. Come say hi, say uh, say how much you like the show, or say how much you don't like the show. You know, either way, interact and uh, and say hi. But either way, you know, thanks for listening. You know, and God bless.